Are you wondering if there is a proper pecking order for setting up your trailer once you arrive at a campsite? Well, there is. There's a right way and a wrong way to approach this. And today I'm walking you through the steps for properly setting up your trailer once you arrive at the campsite. Stay tuned. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 12 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing sponsorship are our friends at Kemco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And of course, Liberty Outdoors, manufacturers of the award-winning Max and Mini Max travel trailers. Thank you, Girl Camper Sponsors, for allowing me to bring great RV content to outdoor enthusiasts everywhere. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is Episode 170 of Girl Camper, the podcast. Well, I'm still on sabbatical for the month of May, but today we are talking about setting up the trailer at the campground. I'm going to be back next week with our regular scheduled programming. Let's get right down to this because I have watched people do this and everybody seems to have a different method and there really is a right way and a wrong way to set up your trailer once you arrive at the campground. Before we talk about setting up the trailer, I want to talk for a few minutes about backing your unit into your space. Assuming you don't have a pull-through and are kind of new to this, you're going to have to go through the process of backing that trailer into your site before you start setting up. So, here are a few pointers. Number one, get out of your tow vehicle and walk the site first. Last week when I was camping in Cape May, I pulled up to my site and I got out and I walked away. And from the back of that site, I could see that I was going to need to pull my truck up and trailer up another few feet before I could crank the wheel and begin jacking it in. From where I was standing, I could see that even if I had my wheel spun completely in the direction I needed it to go in, I wouldn't be able to achieve a tight enough turn for my trailer to stay on the pavement. So that's a good advantage for you to be able to get the lay of the land, as my dad used to say. Another advantage to taking the time to do this is that while you're standing at the end of your site, you can see 
is this picnic table too far in the way? Am I going to need to move it over? Is the fire pit going to be in the way? So it's always just a good idea to stand there, see where the picnic table is, see where the um, fire pit is, see if there are any low-hanging branches, and also just to spot where your hookups are. So number one thing you need to do. Number two, if you don't know how to do this, the first thing I want you to do is just agree that you're going to try. There is no substitute for experience when it comes to learning how to back in. So whenever I am talking to women and they say to me, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. That looks like so much fun. And I say, well, what is stopping you? Why don't you join us? I get two answers. One is I'm afraid to tow. The other is, I can't back in. So I want to reiterate this because I've said it before, but if you're new to the show, maybe you never heard me tell the story about the first two years of camping where I only did pull-through sites for two years. One day I just decided, you know what? I'm here. This little tiny 1959 Field and Stream vintage trailer stuck in between all of these big class A motorhomes while all my girlfriends were on the other side of the RV park because I was afraid to pull in. And I just made up my mind, I'm going to have to do this. And the way you do it is by doing it. So at least give it a try. I finally broke my bad habit of paying extra for pull-throughs when I went to a trip and my friend Sally Ann Brown arrived and saw me making... 15 efforts to get in my sight, and I still wasn't in it. And she very kindly approached my window and said, may I help you? And I put the thing in park to get out and let her do it for me. And she said, no, no, no. By help, I mean, may I direct you from this open window while you do it, (laughs) which is always better. And Sally helped me understand which direction the wheel was going in. And still to this day, sometimes I'll turn the wheel and I'll look in my rear view mirror. I'll give it a little gas and the trailer is going the opposite way of what I wanted to go. And then I simply put it in park and pull forward and start over again. So Sally helped me to get in by telling me her tips and tricks. And I was so proud of myself that I pulled the trailer straight out, circled around the campground and came back to do it again because we do have something called a muscle memory. When we do things over and over, it just becomes second nature. And I wanted to do it one more time. Well, I got it in there the second time. And then every time one of the women pulled up to the campsite, I said to them, would you be kind enough to let me back your trailer in? So those who are experienced and know how to do it, were like, sure, go ahead. Those who were inexperienced were like, I'm sure you're going to do a better job than me. So by the time that weekend was over, I had the thing down and I knew how to do it. So the thing is to just try. So once you try... If you can't do it, just ask for help. People are very kind and willing to help you. Don't frustrate yourself by trying over and over and becoming agitated and frustrated. You don't want to be one of those people that they created the t-shirt for that says, please forgive me for what I said while I was backing into the campsite. (laughs) Have you seen that one? Yeah, we can all relate to that a little bit. I usually used to think to myself, okay, I'm going to give this three tries before I ask for help. 
Now, one of the things that I know is there's usually someone there at the campsite. So you can ask someone from the office to help you. Sometimes the people who run the campground actually don't want to um, take charge of your trailer. They don't want any you know, perceived liability for that. Usually there is someone in a neighboring campsite who's really good at it and they offer to help. The one thing I want you to do is take direction from a single person. Now, I have seen this happen over and over. Someone will be up, come up to your window like Sally Ann did to me and say, may I help you? And yes, I'm taking direction from one person. Where it gets hairy is when someone is on your left side saying, turn this way, turn that way, and someone is over here and you can't pay attention to everybody. Just kindly turn to the person next to them and say, you know what? I, I don't need help right now, but thank you for offering. And please stand by in case I need you. You're such a lovely neighbor. And then nobody will be offended. <laughs> so don't let six people tell you what to do. Okay, so now, assuming you've got the trailer backed in and you're in your site, let's start with the number one thing you do. So you're there, you've pulled in, and you're all hitched up in every way. So put your car in park, obviously. The first thing you need to do is you have to make sure your trailer is level left to right. It's not leaning left or right one way or the other. So this happened to me last weekend. It looked like a level site, but when I looked at the trailer, I could tell it was tipping toward the door. A little bit of a tip toward the door isn't bad if your bed is on the other side, but you never want to be camping where your trailer is a little bit tilted in the other direction and you're sleeping with your feet up in the air and your head downward. That's not a good scenario. So do your leveling there. I, I like the old-fashioned blocks that you pull up on. I have a couple of the different leveling jacks. Camco makes a great one. I just like to pull up on one or two stacked blocks. And I, I can usually eyeball it, although I do put a level on the um, rear bumper jack to see if it's a level left to right. So once I get that thing leveled le um, left to right, the second step in the process is to put those wheel chocks in place. So when you take your trailer off the hitch, you absolutely want to make sure that your trailer chocks are in place. Usually we're on pretty level ground, but I have seen scenarios like this in which someone is at a, a state park or something, some kind of campground where they're, they're really not that concerned with whether or not your site is level. And, and there is kind of a funny but true and slightly sad story about my friend Linda Fox. We just call her Fox. She had a cute little R-Pod. She only had it. She used it two times. She unhitched the thing without wheel chocks on it and it was at a slight grade going down and as soon as she unhitched it, it started to roll but there wasn't any way for her to stop it. She couldn't get, run down there from the driver's seat and get wheel chocks in it and it went over. It went over and it went down a hill and it smashed into all these trees and it was actually totaled. So you get your trailer level, get it in, get it level, and then the second thing you do before you do anything else is put those wheel chocks front and back of both tires. Um, so that's number two. Number three, after that's done and you feel safe that once you unhitch that it's not going to go anywhere, you can unhitch it. I do it in this order. I disconnect the chains. 
I disconnect the seven-way plug from the tow vehicle. I take out the safety pin and then I unlatch the coupler and pull that latch back. And once that thing is back, I can jack up the tongue until the coupler comes off the ball. So once that coupler comes off the ball, usually that front of the trailer is higher than the back of the trailer. And that's one of those scenarios when it could go down. You don't want that to happen. So number four, after I do that, I pull the tow vehicle away from the trailer. I just get back in the truck and pull it up a couple of feet because I'm gonna need to bring the front of the hitch back down in order to level the trailer front to back. That's step number five, leveling the trailer front to back. And you simply do that by raising or lowering your tongue jack. So you get that going level left and right and front and back. Once that is done, I connect all of my things to the outside, my electric, my water, my sewer connections. So before I connect my electric, I plug in my surge protector from Campco and I make sure that there is nothing wrong with the electric pole at the campground. Because sometimes, and I don't know the electrical reasons for this, there's something called a reverse polarization and that can damage your trailer. So I have the Campco surge protector and it has indicator lights on it and it tells me if anything is wrong at that pole. So I just take a look at that and I've had this thing for um, a year and a half, almost two years now. Probably three or four times I have had it give me a reverse polarization. Once I called the campground and I said, I'm on site number, blah, 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 and this pole has reverse polarity on it. And they said, ah, it's fine. Go ahead and plug it in anyway. Nothing's happened. It's been like that for a long time. <laughs> and I was like, no, thank you. Please move me to another site. The other times I called the campground, they said, oh, my gosh, really? Oh, oh, thanks for telling us. We're sending somebody down right away. Let us move you to a different site. Don't let the campground tell you that it's okay to do that. It's not okay. So I like my surge protector, and I make sure everything is working that too. So the next thing I do is I hook up my water filter on the hose bib, and I connect my water supply. Um Usually when I am at a site with full hookups and I'm only going to be there for a weekend, I don't usually bother to set up the sewer hose. I just dump on the day that I'm leaving. I will hook it all up as if I were at the dump station on the morning that I'm checking out. But if I'm going to be someplace three or four days, then I know I'm probably going to generate enough water in my tank. And I... I just want the option, too, of being able to shower at length if I want to. So I will hook up the sewer hose. One of the things I should have said in the beginning of this is when you're standing on your site and you're looking at your site, like getting the feel for it there, one of the things that you definitely want to be doing is you want to be making sure that you know where the hookups are. It's really the sewer hose you want to be concerned with. Among your hoses, your your garden hose is usually very long, your water hose. Hopefully you're not using a garden hose because they leach chemicals. But if you have a white um, water hose for camping, they are usually 25 to 50 feet long. You probably have a lot of leeway there. A lot of the electric plugs are 25 to 30 feet long. The thing that is usually short is your sewer hose. So you want to back up that camper and just eyeball it and go, is my sewer hose going to fit from here to the sewer uh, dump? So 
When I'm setting up and I'm going to be there for a long time, I'll set the sewer hose up at that time, but I leave both the black water and the gray water closed. So there is this idea that when you're hooked up to a sewer, you can leave both of those things open and anytime you use anything, it's just going right down the tube. That's not a good thing to do. So you want to keep letting your tanks fill up in your trailer. And when you go and you dump your black tank, you want to rinse it with all your gray water. Well, if you keep your gray water open so that every time you shower and do the dishes, your tank is staying empty, you're not going to have anything to rinse out that black water residue with out of your hose. So keep both of them closed, empty your black tank, and then empty everything out of your gray tank and use it to wash the water out. So when I get done with all of that, then I go inside. I consider my outside stuff done. I go inside my trailer and I make sure that my trailer has switched over from propane to electric. I'm one of those people who drives with my propane on. I know this is controversial, but I like my refrigerator to be cold. I don't want everything in there like temping down the whole time I'm driving. So they are designed to do that and I usually don't get anxious about it. The only thing that you have got to remember if you're driving with your propane tank on that the propane will keep clicking on for the refrigerator compressor and that involves an open flame. Every time I pull into a gas station, I have to back up first. I don't pull up to the pump. I stop before I get to the pump. I open my um, container up front, which holds my propane tank, and I turn the propane off, and then I get in there and I pull up to the pump. Pump my gas, and then after I pull away from the pump, then I have to get back on and turn my propane valve back to open. Um, I, I just do it all the time. It's my habit. So when I get to a campground, I want to go in and make sure that my refrigerator has clicked over. Now, I have mine set on auto, so anytime it senses electricity, it moves it over to electric automatically. So I just want to make sure it did that and it's on. Then I run the water to make sure it's all flowing and I add a little water to the toilet bowl. I don't add much water because when I depart a campsite, I've emptied my black tank. And after my black tank is emptied, I go back in the trailer. I do that before I have disconnected if I'm at a full hookup site. And then I fill the toilet bowl up two more times with water and I dump that water in. So I never wanna leave a completely dry black tank. I usually put two bowls of water in there. And then I drop in the Camco TST drops. Those are the toilet drop-ins. And what they do is they control any odors and they break down waste in toilet paper. So I have that in there so I don't have to drop a new one in. When all of that is done, I pull out the things that I usually keep on my countertops, things that I tuck away when I'm traveling so they don't break, and then I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm all set up. When I'm camping by myself and I'm doing this all alone, depending on the weather and how tired I am, <laughs> what time I arrive at the campground, um, I can usually do this whole setup in 30 to 40 minutes. If I'm, if I'm not rushing for any reason, I just take my time, go slowly. I do things one step at a time. I still have the checklist. I, I still, after all these years, I still rely on that checklist, just going through it, making sure I'm doing everything in the right order. I'm going to 
take this, uh, everything we talked about today, and I'm going to put it in a little PDF. And I'm going to print it out in a way in which it becomes your checklist. And then you can print that and you can put it in your glove compartment. If you're really an overachiever, you might even have it laminated and put it somewhere in your camper. But I'm going to put these steps out there for you because it's really important that you do them in the proper order. I hope this helps you streamline that process of getting set up and I hope it helps you to feel confident that you haven't skipped a step because there is always that feeling like, ooh, did I get everything? Did I get everything? So that is our show for this week. I want to thank everybody for stopping by. Next week, the sabbatical is over and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled shows. I want to thank our sponsors, Campco Manufacturing, for all the things they do to make our time in the outdoors even better. Whether you're camping, grilling, tailgating, or boating, Campco has something to make it easier, cleaner, prettier, and even more fun than it already is. I'd also like to thank our girl camper-friendly RV dealerships, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee, and General RV with 13 locations around the country, and of course, my friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of this incredible Max and the incredible Mini Trailer. That's a wrap, everybody. I hope you're having great time out there camping. Happy trails, everyone. <music>